Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to another episode of the Flyers Fox Podcast. Katie Emmer joined with Jordan Hall, and we do have some content to be bringing you today, as we do always, Jordan. Uh, busy slate, though. We are going to be hearing from Couturier. He caught up with Karen Hatcher earlier this week. We also have um, head coach of the St. Louis Blues and former Flyer, Craig Berube, caught up with our very own Chris Terry and a good friend of mine on pre- and post-game. And just some other talk and updates around the league to come later in the episode. But first and foremost, Jordan, how are you doing? Thursday already. I'm doing well. Hanging in there. How are you? You know, I'm glad you. I'm doing great. You know, I I do feel like every day is a day closer to the end of this uh, hockey sports in general hiatus. Um, The world, the whole world being shut down. But I think uh, some days are better than others. Yeah. Um, but this week, it's already Thursday again. You can't be too upset about that. But lots of news to go for. Uh, and I feel like we do every day. This is, again, such a fluid situation. There's always some sort of update and maybe always something we're hearing from Gary Bettman. Um, the most recent, Jordan, is Bettman saying we're probably going to be playing into the summer. We heard that from him earlier this week. Um, it's sort of things that you maybe expect, but for me personally, I don't know. Like when I actually hear that, it's like, he is so sure. And again, you want to hear that you want to see hockey back, but we're going to play into the summer. It's, it's just like what it is without any, if, ands or buts. Um, Even if it's affecting next season. I mean, it's that important to be awarding a Stanley cup, which we understand, but to hear Gary Bettman say it, what were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, Katie, I think you're right. I think that was inevitable. They were going to be playing deep into the summer. Um, because now things are getting pushed back, kind of as expected. And uh, that means in order to finish this season, they're going to do everything uh, in their power to finish this season. Uh, they're going to have to play deep into summer. And that's going to impact 2020-21 um, and the preparation for that season and probably the start time for that season. But to me, that was just the inevitable. Um, I think it's going to be unique in, uh, in the sense that uh, in the heat of the summer, 95-degree weather, uh, we're going to be having some really huge games uh, in a cold arena. So I think that will be pretty fun and different. But I expected that. I really I thought that, that if they want to finish this season uh, and they really would like to award the Stanley Cup, you would not want to have a season unfinished. Uh, and in order to do that, they were going to have to probably play deep into the summer. Katie, uh, just the other day um, – the NHL extended its uh, self-recommendation, its self-quarantine recommendation from April 15th to April 30th. Probably another inevitable there. Um, what did you think of that? Uh, and uh, what does it mean for the league that, you know, we're going to go the rest of the April for teams being separated from each other and just staying home and staying ready? 
I mean, yeah, you're right by saying it was probably another inevitable. The only thing, Jordan, is I'm worried that we're going to get to the end of the month and then it's going to be another extension. And I think, again, it goes beyond hockey. There's so many worries right now with schools and parents who have their kids home, their homeschooling, and any of those parents listening, keep up the great work. I know it's probably a grind. Jordan and I aren't parents ourselves, but I'm sure that is a full-time job taking care of all of your kids right now. But everyone, um, my point is everyone's waiting and hoping that this time frame doesn't keep extending. I would say the same case with the NHL right now. Um, again, an expected extension there. Um, you want the player safe. You want everyone safe. Um, they're going to make decisions based on that right now, buys them some more time, um, and, and we'll reevaluate. We'll see what's going to happen here on May 1st. I think right now it's, it's good to be seeing, Jordan, that it's just, you know, the, the rest of the month. We're not saying, okay, pushed until June 1st. I feel like that would be a little bit more um, of a harsh reality to accept by hearing from the NHL. But I do find it interesting as well, Jordan, that we, we hear Dr. Anthony Fauci coming out, like adding into this, that if he does see, you know, sports resuming, and again, he's not in charge of that, but he is a voice that we've all been listening to and rely on so much with his expertise. Him saying that the seasons will maybe resume, but he views it as without any fans in the crowd. And this has been a topic that we've all maybe we're preparing for. Um, and we couldn't know until maybe it does happen. But going off of that, Batman also um, expands on his remarks saying, yeah, I mean, we have players that are going to be traveling, one, cross country to get back from their home, home states, home countries, to their, you know, playing states and, and um, playing cities. And then you're going to have to think about the players traveling in general. They're going to have temperatures. They're going to have to be, you know, evaluating everyone. Is there going to be enough medical staff to keep things going um, for each team? You might have to ex uh, expand on your medical staff. There's so many different things that you have to account for. But um, again, Jordan, it goes back to, you know, throughout the episodes that we've been talking throughout the hiatus, you're certainly happy to be seeing these um, ideas presented, aren't you? I mean, they're making an effort to figure out how to resume play, even if it's going to extend through the summer. Yeah, they're looking at everything, and that's, a, uh, that's definitely a positive. And I'm with you, Katie. I'm glad they're not, you know, jumping to a date far in the distance of when, you know, they wanted teams to come back together. No, they're, they're taking it kind of, you know, week by week, and that's a good thing. It's, it's a developing situation, and everyone in the world is obviously hoping for positive developments each day. Sometimes it might go slower and sometimes it might speed up. I guess we'll see in terms of how things get better in terms of the entire coronavirus outbreak and the situation that everyone's facing, including the NHL. So yeah, they're, they're certainly looking at everything. And I think Sean Couturier with our own Taryn Hatcher put it pretty well. There's just a lot of questions that are going to need to be answered. And for his own sake, Katie, he's, looking at preparation standpoint uh how much time does he take off does he go real hard right now um how much how deep into the summer is he going to be playing what is his off season going to look like uh these guys are such creatures of habit they've been preparing the same way uh probably since they enter professional hockey and now for the first time they're really adjusting really adjusting how they do things and obviously in the grand scheme of the world that is uh, that is not the most important thing. Obviously, these athletes are very understanding of that. But at the same time, this is, this is their job, and they make a living off of this. And uh, they're really their whole status in terms of how they do things is up in the air. Sean Gattori right. even looks pretty confused. He looked confounded when he was talking the other day. 
he's like he he's not even sure how much time he's going to have off after this season. Like I think he's hopeful that they're going to get a chance at this and make a playoff run. But then he's like, well, what does that do for next year? And how's my body going to hold up? I'm sure he, you know, they were already dealing with bumps and bruises and they're trying to think of what they're going to do. How challenging is that, Katie? Uh, do you think for the NHL, really? Because there are there really are so many questions, just like you hit on. Uh, when they do resume, if they do resume, will they have fans? Uh, will they play in big arenas or neutral sites? How many staff members will be allowed to come in? Uh, how long does it take for the teams to have to come together, have practices before you jump into games? It, there's just so many different things that they have to to address. For you, what, what do you think the biggest question is for the NHL and for the players? It's a great question that you ask about what I think the biggest question is. Um, just echoing what you said, the biggest part right now, at least, and as Sean Couturier said, you're used to even being a professional athlete playing in the NHL. You're used to seeing that window, Jordan, of how long you're going to have off that time frame. And that being said, also how long you have until you have to be in game shape again. Um, and you can, you know, I need to be ready by X, Y, Z. This is what I'm going to do until then and, and to get ready for that game day. And as you mentioned with Couturier, he's confused. He doesn't know when. And I think the confusion goes around with the rest of the league, all these players, certainly something none of them have seen before, let alone we've never seen before covering them. But yeah, when you have to be in game uh, shape and, and be ready, and Batman, again, going back to his remarks, he's saying the players are going to need at least a couple weeks to get back into game form. So at least the league understands that. You would hope they would, but at least they're taking that seriously. That I mean, even Sean Couturier, right? One of the, the well, if not the most consistent player on this Flyers roster, he's going to need some time. All these guys are human. Um, there's a lot of rest. There's no ice time, is what Batman was talking about with that comment. Like, no ice time for any of these players. They're not just going to get back out on the ice. Um, you have to consider injuries and everything with it. But to follow up with your question, my biggest concern is that when we're thinking about extending this season through the summer, we're going to play through the summer, as Batman says. So important, right, to award that Stanley Cup. And we'd hope we would see that. But when you're not considering next season and you're just going to push that aside, I'm worried about the growth going forward. Is this going to affect Jordan the next two seasons? Are we going to have an extended Stanley Cup next season too and it's going to take a while for everything to get back to normal? I don't know. And I, I sure could not be the expert and uh, decision maker in, in person in charge in a time like this because, um, you know, I would have no idea what to do. But, you know, as a, a hockey fan, as a um, broadcaster on the outside looking in, I would just like to think like, hey, don't let this affect the rest of or at least the upcoming couple of seasons here. And again, you would hope we're not going to see that. But it is sort of a, a uncertainty I have right now. I'm like, OK, yeah, it's really important to get this going, but we're just going to push into next season and you hear the players saying that, which is sort of reassuring. I'm like, hey, well, I'm not playing in the NHL, but these guys, NHL players, most of them are saying, like, we just want a Stanley Cup. We don't care if we don't really have much of an off season and, and next season's um, delayed a little bit or next season starts later. Um, I just I, – I really – my biggest concern, Jordan, is that it's going to affect the next couple of seasons and we're just going to have this sort of issue where we can't get back to the regular set schedule and, and the regular set time off for these players injuries certainly have to be another concern for you. What do you think is your biggest concern in the future of this league um, with the decisions that could possibly be made in the upcoming months? Yeah, I think health uh, of the players is first and foremost uh, in terms of 
just making sure it's fair for these these athletes. Uh, if you can finish this season, make sure you get yourself enough cushion between 2019-20 and 2020-21. Uh, it really wouldn't be fair to have these players go through a, a playoff gauntlet and um, and then all of a sudden have a significantly shortened off season and jump right into the next. So I think the NHL obviously knows that. And they're really try, probably trying to take one thing at a time. And first they're trying to see how they can when and maybe they can get this season going again and then they'll tackle next season. Um, but it's, it's such a tricky situation for both sides, the players and the league, because the players w- would absolutely love some sort of clarity, some, maybe some date where they can focus on, uh, okay, we're returning on this date. I can prepare the best I can. I know that the playoffs will end on this date. And just so they can plan, like these players would love to plan. They can't at all right now. They really cannot. But the league really is not in a position to give them dates to say, hey, we really think we're going to start here. Uh, Get ready. And uh, here's a date for you. They just, they're like, Gary Bettman said it not long ago. He's the league and no other sports league is in, is in position to make those profound decisions of hammering down a date. It's just this, it's the, Right now, it's the state of the world that we live in. Uh, it's a day-to-day thing, and uh, it's all hopeful. So I think the first and foremost for the league, they really need to value the players' health by giving them enough time to prepare for this season uh, if it does resume, and then also prepare for next. Uh, but, yeah, giant decisions ahead, Katie. Uh, but thankfully, we did uh, talk to Sean Couturier about some more lighthearted stuff uh, it was great to get his insight on what's happening now within the league uh, and the world. But Katie, he did have some fun stuff about his Flyers teammates, who he would like to, who he would, if he had to pick one teammate, who would he, who would he quarantine with? Uh, one teammate that he would not want to quarantine with. A lot of fun stuff there with Taryn Hatcher. Let's get right into that in interview and uh, see what Sean Couturier had to say. I play with him a lot, Jake Borchek. We're line mates a lot, but when we're when we're against on the ice, it's it's always pretty interesting. We get into some good battles, and it's uh, it's fun. Who's got your favorite chirps on the bench when they're chirping other teams? I'm gonna have to go with Scott Lawton. Who would you least want to be quarantined with? Probably Jake Vorchuk. Oh, <laughs> why is that? He would lose his mind. He's got uh, he's pretty emotional, so he'd he'd get frustrated. It'd be uh, It'd be some some tough. It'd make it just that much tougher. Who is the biggest talker in the group chat? Kevin Hayes. Who sends the most emojis? I'd have to go Kevin Hayes, probably. Who sends the funniest, like, memes and GIFs? Because Carter Hart said there's a lot of videos, memes, GIFs sent in the group chat. Who's who's got the funniest stuff normally? I I don't really text in that group, so I just read. (laughs) But sometimes it just gets out of hand, so it's tough to follow up who's, who's saying what. Do you ever put it on the United States? All I can say is Kevin Hayes is really involved in that group chat. Do you ever put it on Do Not Disturb? Is it ever too much where you just click it on Do Not Disturb? Oh, so some some nights, yeah, I'll I'll put it on that. Yeah, if it gets uh, crazy late late night. Who do you think has the best at home workout regimen right now? Who's the most disciplined in terms of that right now? I would go Claude Giroux. And then who do you think is thriving the most in this time of peace and, and isolation, even with all the craziness outside, just who's faring the best being at home just with their family kind of unplugged here? Travis Konechny. 
Really? People, uh, Matt Niskanen has come up quite a few times with being yeah. thriving and yeah, isolation. Those, yeah, those two guys are pretty similar in, in some ways, yeah. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. You know, Jordan, it's just all about good, clean fun, especially in a time like this. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's so many question marks. And, and Couturier, again, we were talking about him earlier. Like, there's maybe some frustrations and not maybe, definitely tons of uncertainty. Um, and so to have a little fun with this is really <laughs> – really interesting to hear what his uh, takes were. Um, Katria certainly keeps to himself quite a bit, so it's funny to hear him talk. Uh, maybe Voracek wouldn't be the one he'd want to be quarantined with. Do you think that would have to do with, like, Voracek just being a, more of a vocal guy and really out there and, and will say anything at any time, and Katria kind of keeps to himself? Like, do you think those two probably wouldn't be the best, as Katria said himself? Yeah, it was really funny. They're they're really good friends. Obviously, they played together right. for a long time, but – Definitely different guys. Sean Couture, a little more reserved. He even said, he's like, yeah, I don't really like to interact in our team group chat. I kind of just read the conversations. Uh, whereas, yeah, Jake, Jacob Vortex's more of a more of a conversationalist, likes to talk. Um, not saying he has a bad temper, but we all know Jacob Vortex. He's a fun guy that might lose his patience from time to time, uh, kind of sitting doing nothing. So uh, I think, yeah, Sean was just having some fun there where – yeah, Jacob Wardcheck might not be the most patient guy in a quarantine type of setting where he has to sit inside and kind of just relax. Um, so I found that very, very funny. Uh, and if anything, Katie, we get some fun stuff from these Flyers players now of just seeing uh, what they're like when there's not hockey. I think that's kind of fun. It's, if, if there's a silver lining to some of this, it's that uh, we get to see what these players are doing uh, when they're not playing hockey in the offseason. Uh, on their free time. I feel like we found out more about these guys. Um, is there any player? Especially even Carter Hart. Yeah, Carter yeah. Hart likes to play guitar and video games. And, you know, he's only 21, so he's like a kid. And then there's uh, these older guys, Sean Gatorier. You know, he's recently married and uh, he's got a house now uh, in New Jersey that he hasn't moved into yet, but he's trying to. And he said he's doing more laundry dishes and just kind of hanging out with his wife. So everyone's got a different situation. Uh, yeah. Jacob Borchek obviously is home in his home country, uh, Czech Republic, and uh, I'm sure taking it easy but staying in shape. Um, any player, Katie, that uh, you found out a little bit more about during this time that you didn't know uh, that you found it kind of fun to find out about this guy? Well, I mean, I know we've spent, you know, the majority of our, you know, episode so far talking about him. I don't even know if it's, it's probably been quite a bit, but Couturier um, with him, I find them Jordan as such a fascinating sort of like, I mean, with what I said earlier, he keeps to himself. Um, we know this really well too in the dressing room after practices or um, games. I mean, he'll answer your questions, very respectable guy, but certainly isn't too vocal or, or too out of uh, the ordinary. Um, and I'm not putting all that on Jake Voracek, but he definitely um, is always someone who, who lights their room with some sort of remarker or some um, entertainment he's bringing to that locker room. But whenever I can hear more about Katria and more about maybe his, his personal life and, and just who he is without the equipment on um, is really interesting to me. And I think from that interview, you just touched on it. I love hearing that he's um, using his homework. Cause we go from Carter Hart. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm mentally, you know, I have an app on my um, iPad or my phone and I, I'm doing like a mental um, workout every day and I'm doing yoga and staying flexible 
and I'm sure Kachuri is doing his own share of those sort of hockey um, workouts that he's used to doing. He has, you know, they have the trainer that helps them out um, with their own at-home workouts. But how he's sort of talking about just focusing on, you know, taking the stairs up and down, and uh, that's kind of the workout, and, you know, doing the dishes. I mean, his wife has to be so happy in a moment like this. Of course, like, you get extra time with him, but he's probably just got, um, you know, maybe a honey-do list. He's really helping out in the time. Like, who would have expected that in April, you know, to have him home? So I do find that pretty uh pretty interesting and nice to hear sort of more about his personal life. And good to hear he's being a good husband and uh, helping out around the house and staying about, in shape and doing those stairs. Katie, talk about the adjustment for the wives and girlfriends and significant others of these players. Like, <laughs> right now, they were probably expecting – uh, their husbands to be playing like these intense playoff games and right. traveling, obviously, and staying in a city for more than two or three nights. And instead, uh, now they're just at home hanging out and uh, watching TV shows and playing board games and helping around the house. So uh, I bet the wives are probably loving it, but at the same time, they're probably like, please come back and go back and play hockey and get out of the house. Um, right. I'm sure yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, you know, they're missing uh, playoff hockey. We all are. And, I, you know, if anyone that I mean, of course, I'm not one myself. I would just resonate with the fact that as a parent or as a girlfriend or anybody or as a wife, I'm sure you're you're missing that playoff atmosphere, especially for the Flyers. Um, I know that we all are. So I'm sure they're excited for it to get back in action. Um, you know, Sean Gatiri is just wanting at least some sort of date. Like, please, someone, give me a date. Like, so yeah. I know when to be ready. Yeah. Um, but many of these guys are in the same boat. Jordan, I have a big question for you. Because um, I want to shift to another special um, exclusive we have. Not really exclusive, but you get it. I mean, I like to say that word because it sounds really cool. But um, we, we have a, another special sort of guest that uh, will be featured on our show that caught up with Chris Tyrion. We mentioned him earlier. Um, how many penalty minutes did Craig Berube have with the Flyers when he played? I honestly have no idea, but I know it's up there because I know he was like yeah. an intense fighter. Yep, Craig Berube, also known as the Chief and also known as a yeah. very big enforcer, had 1,138 pins with That's orange insane. and black. That's insane. Like – Hi, is that you're trying? You're definitely trying, and I know enforcers like that's their job. They want to be out there, but talk about a number. I mean, that is uh, it's quite a few. You know, that is he's a uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, well, I use the word interesting, but pretty remarkable. Just player as well as the coach, of course, as everyone would know. Most hockey fans. He's now the head coach of the St. Louis Blues, fresh off of a, a Stanley Cup last season, and formerly though the head coach of the Flyers. Um, what do you remember hearing about Craig Berube, Jordan, just as far as, you know, growing up with the Flyers and maybe even just, um, what's your impression of him now and what he's been able to do with St. Louis and, and Flyers fans, I, I promise we're not going to sit too much on the head coach of the St. Louis Blues, but he does have an interesting tie to Philadelphia, Jordan. He definitely does. And I remember, uh, looking up YouTube videos of him because I've always heard like chief and intense guy, tough. And I remember like looking up uh, YouTube videos of him and just watching his fights. And yeah, that guy was a bad dude for sure. Like, um, so I never got to know him. I never interviewed him. I yeah. got to know him as a coach and a media member, but um, I've had people in the Flyers organization tell me that he was like one of their favorite coaches to deal with. Um, you know, they were very, very high on Craig Berube and a lot of people in the organization were 
as much as you don't want to see people go elsewhere and win, a lot of them were happy for Craig Berube. Uh, and what a story last year to go to St. Louis, take over in an interim uh, role and run them to the cup and win it all. It's just absolutely yeah, Jordan, I'll add in there. He's the second interim coach in St. Louis' franchise to win a Stanley Cup. Only the second ever. I mean, it's in talk about the drought, too, that the Blues had. I mean, the fact that he was able to come in there and really turn it around um, was pretty remarkable. But, yeah, you talk about those fighting videos. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, you, you really – I don't know if your parents were too happy that you're, out, you're uh, looking up his fighting uh, videos as a kid, just being like, oh, this is what I – okay, this is what I have to do. Yeah, right? And <laughs> – like, yeah, imagine Craig Berube, too, like having people like look back and be like, oh, so that's what you were like as a player. <laughs> um, <laughs> but definitely a Flyers guy. He was in a tough situation, too, in Philly. And yeah. um, obviously, Ron Hextall and the previous regime kind of wanted to go in a different direction, understandably so, and uh, the rest is history. And um, I still look back at last year and just, like, scratch my head. I remember St. Louis came to Philly, um, and both teams at that time – I believe it was in January. I have to double check on that. Yeah. Uh, but they came to Philly and both the Blues and the Flyers were like neck and neck in the basement of the NHL standings. And I remember writing a preview for that arc, for that game. And I remember touching on Jack Hughes and how both teams are tied to Jack Hughes right now. And uh, I believe each team fan bases had their own hashtag for Jack Hughes. Um, just having fun with it. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget. It was Carter Hart against Jordan Bennington. For once, Carter Hart actually had more NHL experience in a matchup with a goalie. Uh, Jordan Bennington yeah. was making his first NHL start. And the Flyers were in a really bad state at that time. Then they get shut out 3 nothing by St. Louis. And everyone's thinking, like, who the heck is Jordan Bennington? Like, of course the Flyers get shut out by a goalie making his first NHL start. What do you know? Jordan Bennington turns out to be a pretty good goalie. And the Blues just go on an absolutely ridiculous run. And win the Stanley Cup. But I'll never forget that matchup when they came to Philly and people were like, oh, this is a, you know, this is a matchup of uh, teams fighting for Jack Hughes and that number one pick. And, yeah, just absolutely crazy to see Jordan Bennington make his first NHL start against Carter Hart, shut out the Flyers, and uh, they, they go on that run to the Cup. Kudos to Craig Berube, uh, Katie. And it's fun now to look at it, Katie, in the, in, in the interview, and we'll get to that interview in a little bit. Uh, with Chris Terrian. Uh, Terrian asked uh, Berube his thoughts on the Flyers this year, and Berube uh, gave them very high praise. You know, said, as we know, the Flyers went to St. Louis uh, this season and beat them in overtime. Uh, St. Louis was going to come here once more. They were going to come to Philly. Uh, so they still had one more matchup to play this year. Uh, but Berube was very hot on the Flyers, said a lot of nice things, said they were one of the toughest games they had all season, that the Flyers gave them very little space to play with, and he thought the Flyers would be a really tough out. Uh, I don't want to give away the whole interview, but that's some of the stuff he had to say. Um, yeah. Was that pretty exciting for you, Katie, to see that the Flyers, you know, they matched up pretty well with the defending champs, and their head coach of the defending champs thought the Flyers were going to be a pretty tough team to play against in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you, the Blues, of course, coming off of that cup, they're still a powerful team this year. Um, they lose Maroon, and in, in, uh, they also, without Tarasenko, they're still solid, a solid team. Um, and they're still a threat. For the Flyers, again, to go out there and to take it in OT is pretty impressive. And um, 
but uh, I also want to be like, of course they did. This Flyers team, as we both know, as all Flyers fans listening know, is is and was unstoppable at that point, um, and they still are, and hopefully will be when the season gets back and rolling. But you asked, is, is it exciting? Of course it's exciting to hear another NHL coach give credit. You know, he has a special place in his heart for the Flyers organization and the city of Philadelphia, but it's not about that. It's about the numbers. It's about what this team is uh, able to do. You have Baruby, a coach that's, of, of course, a former player and also a coach knows what it takes to, to win a cup, knows what a good team is made of. And for a guy like that to give praise to the Flyers team, of course we love hearing it. Of course Flyers fans love hearing it. But um, just away from that as a hockey fan to see, you know, another coach give praise and say, hey, this team is going to be a tough out. Um, it's definitely exciting to hear. But it's nothing we didn't know, Jordan. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, Verubi, uh, overall great, great player and very fun to have him uh, with Chris Carrion, who we know so well. But um, again, Chris Carrion, of course, knows Verubi so well. I've played a couple seasons together. Here is in a, a little bit from their interview earlier this week. Again, here's Chris Carrion with head coach of the St. Louis Blues and his former teammate with the Flyers, Craig Verubi. We were on a 10-game winning streak that came in our building and beat us in overtime that game. You probably remember. But yeah. uh, that was one of the tougher tougher games we had all year. I thought that their team was really dialed in. Uh, just from a you know a pressure standpoint, they, they didn't give us any time with the puck at all. I thought their young guys were really performing well. I, I think they added them veterans on defense. Uh, Braun and Niskanen really helped their team. Goaltender's been strong. Hayes has been a great addition. Uh, you get another centerman down the middle of the ice. I really like their team. I like the way they play. Uh, they would have been a tough out. They really would. And, and they can be still. Obviously, we got going again. But I really like their team. Great insight there from Chris Terrian and Craig Berube. Very cool to hear that. Uh, type of opponent's perspective on the Flyers. Katie, to me, I thought that said a ton about what the Flyers do and really what the Flyers did this offseason. That was really their big goal, I think, going into this 2019-20 season was the Flyers had to be tougher to play against. They were not very tough to play against. I know that sounds cliche, but it's so true. In 2018-19, they just were not structured. They were not very tough to play, play against. They didn't control games. And I think one of the biggest initiatives of the offseason going into this season was they wanted to get guys that were going to make them tougher to play against and a more difficult matchup. And I think going into St. Louis and having Craig Berube say that was one of their tougher games all season and that the Flyers gave them very little time and space with the puck tells me that the Flyers really improved in terms of uh, getting better on their forward check, playing more in the offensive zone, having more structured breakouts, uh, less uh, odd man rushes the other way. And the Flyers really cleaned that up. They're giving up the fewest shots per game this season. And I just think that's a testament to Elaine Vio and his system. Uh, and I think it's a testament to some of the, off the, the off-season additions that Chuck Fletcher made. Kevin Hayes, a six foot five center, who really focuses on his defensive play. When he's in the offensive zone, he's a nightmare to play against because he's so big. And then there's Matt Niskanen. Uh, a really steady defenseman known for his puck moving. When he gets the puck in his own zone, he quickly gets it going north. And then a guy like Justin Braun, who Craig Berube thought was a great all-season addition as well, a guy that really ends plays really quickly, just cuts him off and gets the puck going the other way. Uh, I just think the Flyers really look like a completely different team this year. And I think Craig Berube, uh, really, that was kind of case in point right there. Craig Berube, the defending 
the head coach of the defending champs saying how t- difficult the Flyers were to play against. Uh, they were not like that last season, Katie. Uh, and I, I just think that speaks volumes to what they've done. Yeah, look, you hit the nail on the head with all of that that you say. I mean, it's overall, just echoing what you say, the, the biggest thing that stood out to me, and, and, you know, you look at the offseason acquisitions, you know, how many points they're able to contribute and how big of a difference they make. But numbers-wise, is looking at the improvements of the special teams, right? You look from the power play and the penalty kill until this year. That's my biggest takeaway. Uh, yeah, and you look at the record as well. You look at the rankings, the standings as well. Um, standings. But, yeah, so, you know, overall, you, you have to be happy. The Flyers set some goals. Chuck Fletcher set some goals. He, he brought in what he needed. He got a head coaching staff that he needed. And um, now the Flyers still have some goals moving forward. But it's certainly a bright spot to hear a head coach um, really give the praise to the Flyers that maybe I think – we're not being biased, but they would deserve uh, specifically after a season like, you know, last year. And again, to have a coach of his accolades come forward and say that pretty cool and pretty cool too, to hear uh, Chris Terry and catching up too. I mean, you kind of forget, you know, these guys have so much history um, playing. I always, yeah. um, I, I miss a lot. Of course we all do with um, hockey nights, but just having Bundy in studio and you seeing him too around the office. I mean, he's always got great stories and um, it's nice to hear him catching up with some of his, former buddies in the league and former teammates um, in a time like this. It's really fun. And fans, if you want any more of that, of course, it's online um, and on the My Teams app. But, yeah, Jordan, moving on into the last topic of the day, this has been a big question that fans have uh, asked me, and I know it's a big question mark for the actual guys that are going through this. Are the uh, unrestricted free agents that are going to be coming up here um, – July 1st, of course, the deadline for all of this to go down. You think about the season resuming. It's a big question mark. There's uncertainties with arena availability. There's uncertainties with, you know, when to be ready. Talk about these guys. The question marks they have um, in a time like this is unbelievable. They don't know maybe what the cap is going to be for certain teams. They don't know how long. I mean, with everything combined, they don't know if they should be ready for summer hockey or if they should just be ready for next fall. Um, it really is a tough spot for all of them to be in. This is your future. You're deciding where is going to be best for you. Um, and yeah, just going down the list here, and I want to get to into specifically how this would affect the uh, unrestricted and restricted free agents with the Flyers. But around the league, that you know, these sort of guys, these superstars you think about, are facing this kind of situation and this uncertainty. Taylor Hall with the Arizona Coyotes, Alex Petrangelo with the Blues, you have Holtby with the Caps, Tori Krug with the Bruins, Tyson Berry. I mean, all of these guys have never faced a situation like this. And, of course, you hope to see it end up in their favor. Uh, but I, I sure couldn't imagine being in this position right now, Jordan. Um, and, again, you know, the other restricted free agents are, are young guys like Max Domi, Matt Barzell, like, this is something they have certainly never been through, and I don't think it's something anyone has. But when you're in a position like that, I think, like, we talk every day about wanting hockey back, right? Like, we know when we're going to maybe um, see the same jobs that we've had for a while, like, come back to life, and hopefully that will be the case soon. But, gosh, for guys like this, you don't even know what to do. Yeah, it's that's one of the, again, yeah, really one of the bigger questions is how will this affect the all season? I'll see a lot of things are already postponed in terms of the NHL draft is postponed. Uh, the NHL scouting combine is postponed and the NHL awards show is postponed. Obviously if 2019, 20 goes deep into summer, that's going to go past July one, which is 
when the free agency uh, window opens. So that's going to be impacted. Uh, and then, yeah, you have so many different players um, that could either hit unrestricted free agency or restricted free agency, and they're going to need new deals or they're going to be looking for other teams. Will they have a chance to finish this season and kind of put together their full body of work for when they try to go out and land their next deal? How much money will teams have? What will be the cap floor? Just so many unknowns that's, that can be impacted. So, yeah, you think about, okay, will we be able to award the Stanley Cup? And what about the following season? Well, you can't forget the offseason, too. Um, so many big things. The Flyers have 10 guys that are set for new deals. I'll run through the list real fast. Brian Elliott will be a UFA. Justin Braun, UFA. Tyler Pitlick, UFA. Derek Grant, UFA. Nate Thompson, UFA. Robert Haig, RFA. Philip Myers, RFA. Nicholas Albe-Kubel, RFA. Nolan Patrick, RFA. Oscar Lindblom, RFA. Those are a lot of decisions, a lot of decisions, a lot of new contracts um, that I really couldn't even probably tell you how the Flyers are going to look at some of those because we don't even know where they're going to be at that point uh, in terms of the league, the cap floor, how much money they'll have to spend, the health of some of those players, uh, how the season wraps up. Like say Derek, say the Flyers finish 2019 and 20 and Derek Grant has an incredible playoffs. Then you're probably thinking, hey, we want to resign this guy. But say he kind of blends in, doesn't really do much. You get a really good, um, you get a really good health update on Nolan Patrick, who obviously is a bottom six uh, center, kind of like Derek Grant. Then maybe you think twice about resigning Derek Grant, and maybe Derek Grant gets what he wants elsewhere. Just so many unknowns. Uh, but another massive question for the NHL and for every single team. And, yeah, you feel for some of those guys that were trying to finish off this season and that were, you know, they don't really know when they're going to be playing again and they don't even know where they're going to be playing next year. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine what that uncertainty is like for some of those guys. Um, well, right. And another thing, too, on top of that all, and we touched on this with Cap, but, like, what I think is, you know, these guys, of course, they love to play the sport and they're taken care of money-wise. But now you're going to be looking at a, a different situation. You don't know how much teams are going to be able to offer. Like right. how much this coronavirus is impacting, um, you know, of course, the salary cap, but just like in general with how much teams are going to be able to sign these players. Um, we talked about the season resuming earlier in the episode, and, and I mentioned my concern for the upcoming two seasons. If, if we just – award a Stanley Cup and put it at that and then maybe push into next year and then you might affect more. I think about this too. I mean, are we going to have contracts with different guys? And of course, the biggest concern are with these flyers, with the, you know, what the, what the challenges might be for these players and maybe the challenges for Chuck Fletcher. But going back to a comment we made on uh, our last episode, Jordan, if there's any guy that's going to get through this sort of situation and, and help players through it, it's Chuck Fletcher. Um, again, it's, it's a tough time for everybody right now. Um, it goes beyond sports, but to get through this sort of scenario, I, I sure would be happy, you know, as a Flyers fan, if I, you know, I'm saying if I was, I am a Flyers fan, but like for those Flyers fans listening, like pretty happy to have your trust and to, you know, lean on Chuck Fletcher in a time like this, you know, you hope uh, he can only do so much, but you would hope, you know, the decisions that come about uh, this uh, situation and, um, numbers wise and who's on the team and things like that moving forward are, are going to be um, 
going to be in good stance uh, come next season. But right now, man, tough times for, for some of these individual players. And you mentioned Derek Grant. I mean, guys like that, um, that really um, have made a splash so far and certainly hoping to get back out there and continue to do that. Um, but yeah, tough times indeed. Yeah, Flyers, they'll, the Flyers will have decisions to make. Uh, but I think Chuck Fletcher's, uh, his mindset right now and his focus is on things that they can do now to look forward to the future. And a lot of that's, you know, preparing for the NHL draft, maybe looking yeah. at some restrictive free agents and maybe structuring their deals. But there's just, there's too much gray area and too much uh, unknown right there for him to probably seriously um, analyze that every single day. So I think his focus right now is just this season, hoping uh, the health uh, of the country and everywhere uh, improves day by day. And then maybe we can get back to playing hockey and then they'll, they'll tackle those uh, decisions. Everything will come with it. So yes, indeed, Chuck Fletcher has big decisions ahead in the off season, but right now I think the focus is on 2019-20, the health and safety of our country and the entire world, and eventually getting back to playing hockey this season. But the offseason yeah. should be just as fun. Yeah, I agree with that, Jordan. Uh, we all want to get back soon, but of course it's all about the health and safety first. But um, hopefully we have a, an answer very soon in the return of hockey very soon. Uh, another good happy with the one and only Jordan Hall today on Flyers Talk. Uh, DraftKings has partnered with United Way to help those affected by COVID-19. To join the rally, take a picture of you in a rally cap, post it on social media, take three friends, and use the hashtag DKRally. DraftKings will donate $1 to United Way until they reach $1 million. Visit DraftKings.com slash DKRally for details. Thanks so much, Katie Emmer, and I am Jordan Hall. And wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.